0: right thank you girls and uh, appreciate uh Appreciate the young people so very much coming up and being willing to sing and and be a part and and I enjoy the big violin there the cello and uh, that is a that is a real blessing it's, uh, it's neat to add that into into the services there let's go in our Bibles this evening to the book of Numbers uh, chapter twenty one this evening and uh, we are are uh, delving through the are marching through the wilderness and and uh, the wilderness journeys of the children of Israel. Uh, we have seen recently the, the serpent lifted up in the wilderness, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, how important as we march through this wilderness, we have sin in our lives. And how very important it is that uh, we deal with sin. I'm thankful that my Jesus was lifted on the cross. And he was lifted uh, for the forgiveness of sins, that I can look to the cross and uh, be forgiven uh, in my wilderness journey. And I so need that. I need that day by day. Uh, I think prone to wonder uh, has become a favorite. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And uh, we've been singing that a lot here. And and uh, that is so pictured in our wilderness journeys. Uh, here tonight, we're going to look at another picture or another type in our wilderness journeys that becomes so very crucial. And I think when we grasp the truth of of this uh, principle, this picture, this type uh, in the in the Word of God, Uh, This uh, gives us great victory, great freedom in our wilderness journey. And we're going to look tonight at a well of springing water. And I'd like you to join me. Let's uh, stand as we read together the Word of God, Numbers chapter 21. And uh, I'm so thankful for your faithfulness, for your presence. And it can never take lightly... Uh, your presence and your commitment here to to Valley Bible Baptist. And I want every time that we meet together that we would meet with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he would be the center of all that we do. I I want to read beginning at verse 16, just a few verses here tonight. Then we're going to come back and just give a little context uh, to our passage of scripture and then uh, kind of head off on some rabbit trails tonight and make some application. In verse number 16 of uh, Numbers chapter 21 and From thence they went to 'er, uh, Be'er, that is, the well where the Lord spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. And uh, I like verse 17. Uh, Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver and their staves, and from the wilderness they went to, to Matanah. And so we're going to look at this well tonight of springing water and in our wilderness journeys we need this well. We're going to relate this well tonight to the fullness of God's Spirit and we cannot walk and succeed in our wilderness journeys without living a full Spirit-filled Christian life. Now don't think we're going to be able to get through all of this tonight. We're just going to kind of uh, lay a foundation tonight and then we're going to build upon this and I think uh, some some of the future things that we're going to look at are going to be such a, an encouragement and a blessing. that have been to me personally as I've studied this out. Uh, would you join me? Let's go to the Lord this evening and we need him and look to him. Let's ask his help tonight, his guidance and all that we do and say here. Father, thank you. Uh, again, just good to be here and always good. I think already we've been so encouraged by the singing and and just these songs that uh, encourage us to put our eyes upon you and to look unto you. And, and Lord, that uh, your grace is sufficient for every trial and every need. And I thank you. We've been challenged tonight. And, and Lord, we, we come into your presence. We look to you. And, and Lord, we really are a needy people here tonight in our wilderness journeys. Uh, sometimes we get to dry and sometimes uh, we just um, uh, really begin to just exist as a Christian not living in victory and I pray that you would teach us principles here tonight uh, that would lead to victory that would lead to fruitfulness that would lead to blessing in our Christian journey we pray in Jesus name amen and you may be seated this evening and as you're seated I want to just kind of back up and give a few thoughts before we get really to the meat of what we're going to be preaching uh, on tonight if you go back to verse number 10 uh, the Bible says, and the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. And uh, what we see, they, they now are uh, marching ever closer to the promised land. And it, it's almost as if this end of the journey, you're going to see them moving very quickly from place to place to place. And, and that becomes very important. They set forward. I, I was thinking as I read through this, Uh, We are marching through this wilderness and we are on the way to our heavenly Canaan land. And uh, one day, very very soon, we 're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I remember the my dear grandmother just it seemed the nearer she came to heaven and the realization that heaven was just around the corner, uh, it, she began to get excited, and uh, you know how it is. so you get excited, you come to the end of the journey, and you begin to get excited about uh, what is ahead and I remember many, many times my children asking, "Are we there yet? Are we close and How much further is it going to be? And the excitement of coming near to the end of the journey. And this is kind of what seems to me at this point in the wilderness journeys that we're experiencing. The children of Israel are getting close. They have been 40 years just kind of marching through the wilderness, really going nowhere. And now they set forward. There's a direction. There's a clear uh, purpose that they are shooting for. I I was reminded here as, as I read through this passage of scripture of uh, Brother Wilkins, and Brother Wilkins near the end of his life. It seemed like the closer he got to the end of his life, the more busy he wanted to be for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came to me, had him teaching the adult Sunday school class. And he came to me and he said, preacher, I think I need to get back out on the road. I think I need to uh, get out. I've got to go out and preach. And I'd like to, would you call some pastors for me? Would you get a hold of some preachers? And I'd like to come into their churches and like to preach just a one day revival. And I'd like to preach uh, drama at the cross and do some other uh, other things just to encourage them in soul winning. And, And just the nearer he got, the more he wanted to do for Jesus Christ. And, and that was a challenge to my heart and, and just seeing that. And that's kind of what is happening. The children of Israel set forward, marching toward the promised land. They're, they're finished in their wandering. Now, most of that first generation has passed away. And they're they're coming close to enter the promised land. So they set forward a new purpose in that destination. Now, as their pace has increased, you notice just a couple of things here before we get down really to the heart of it. In verse number 10, they pitched in Oboth, and uh, that word Oboth means bottles, and evidently it was a place where they filled their bottles with water and just prepared to move on to the next destination. In uh, verse number 11, they pitched at Ijeabarim. Uh, it was by Moab. The Bible says here, verse number 12, they pitched in the valley of Zared. In verse 13, they pitched on the other side of Arnon. And kind of interesting statement here made concerning that time at Arnon. And evidently God did a wonderful work, some things for them near the brooks of Arnon. You see that in verse number 14. And I'm just wondering if the events at Arnon, though it's not Mentioned here, uh, maybe was uh, very comparable to what God did at the Red Sea and at the parting of the Red Sea. And it was evidently some great miracles that God accomplished there. Now we come to to verse number 16. From thence they went to Be'er. And it seems the children of Israel, they're maturing. As they come to this location, they went to Be'er, that is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses gather the people together and I will give them water. Uh, Previously, when they had no water, there was murmuring and griping and complaining. And Moses, you brought us all the way into this wilderness to destroy us, to defeat us. And now it seems this time they simply rested in God. There was uh, a time here, the, the Lord just gathered them together, gathered the people together. God said, I will give them water. And so before they even prayed, God knew their needs and God supplied that need. And you think about that in your wilderness journey. How often does God know your need before you even know your need? And how often, so so many times we, we gripe, we murmur, we complain because we don't have what we want or what we think we need. But God knows your needs. And if you'll just seek Him first and just walk with Him, uh, the Lord is faithful and just to give that which is needed in your wilderness journey. Now that that word beir is is a well. It's the well of life. And, And we might refer to this as the fountain of living waters. In verse number 17, as the Lord gathered the people together, He said, I'll give them water. Then Israel sang this song. "'Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it.'" They received these waters with joy, with thankfulness, and they sang, spring up, they sang unto the well, they rejoiced in what God did, and with joy they would draw waters from this well of God's provision. Now, I mentioned that the brass serpent that we covered last week was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ uplifted in the wilderness And when the children of Israel murmured and griped and complained, uh, the Lord sent fiery serpents in their midst. Uh, There were consequences for their sin. And uh, then as they cried out in their sin, uh, the Lord provided this brass serpent lifted up on a pole that whoever would look to that serpent would live. And John chapter 3 gives the picture of Jesus Christ. Uh, Whosoever looks upon the Lord, and in our wilderness journey, of course, salvation Uh, begins with the Lord Jesus Christ but as we have received the Lord so walk in him and constantly in our wilderness journey we have to look to the Lord we have to keep our eyes upon the Lord we have to deal with sin in our life on a day-by-day basis and I encouraged last week that we need to be sensitive towards sin it's our toleration of sin that leads us in a half-dead condition spiritually So we need to deal with sin on a regular basis looking to the Lord Jesus Christ uplifted. Now, I believe as we come to this place in our wilderness journeys, this well of springing water is going to picture for us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has given Unto us. It's God's gift unto those that believe on Jesus Christ. He's given forth for our comfort, for our strength. And in our wilderness journey, we need this well, and we'll call this an artesian well. It's a well of God's constant supply springing up for the needs of our soul. Now, in our wilderness journey, you find this the way that we walk may be often drear, sometimes dry and barren. There are times in our wilderness journey that we read the Bible and it's as if that Bible is dry to us. It doesn't speak to us like it once spoke to us. There are times that you come to church just because you know it's right to come to church and you're right to come to church. But sometimes you come to church and it may not seem that God is speaking to you as at other times. There may be times that you uh, begin to, to read your Bible and you seek to pray to the Lord and you wonder, Lord, where have you gone? And it's a time of dryness. It's a time of uh, just spiritual droughts that you face, that you deal with. But God has given to us His Spirit. And His Spirit is a well of springing water. And like the children of Israel, there are times that we ought to cry out and spring up a oh well. And as the Lord supplies that, we ought to cry out with joy and with gratefulness. And we ought to cry out, Lord, come and quench this thirsting of my soul. And Lord, come and minister this need. And Lord, give me thy spirit and thy power and and help me to have water in a dry and barren land. And uh, we've all been through those times in that Christian life where it's dry, it's barren. And and we cry, and Lord, I I need your presence. And Lord, fill me with your power and fill me with your spirit. And Lord, I, I need you in a deeper way than I've ever needed you before. And I believe that's pictured here for us this evening. Now, I want to take that thought of this well, this springing water, spring up a well, and I want to make some applications to us tonight and then over the next week or so that hopefully can be a blessing. I'd like you to look with me into the New Testament and let's go this evening to the Gospel of John, chapter number seven, for just a moment. John chapter seven. And I want to notice here a statement, and notice here the promise of God, just a statement of the Lord Jesus Christ that we relate to this springing well in the wilderness. In John chapter 7, verse number 37, John 7, verse number 37, it reads, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, here the Lord gives a wonderful promise. And of course, we look back on the fact that Jesus has been crucified, and the Lord Jesus has been glorified, and the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given. And so when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive this wonderful gift into our heart and into our life. Every saved person possesses the Spirit of God. But it goes beyond just possessing the Spirit of God. Here the Bible decides or uh, determines here or or deals with us here that uh, uh, God wants us to have not only this Spirit that we possess, But he wants this spirit to be, so to speak, an artesian well. That artesian well that that springs up within us. Spring up, oh well, as the children of Israel spoke. Now let me illustrate for us, uh, and and maybe something that will kind of bring to heart what I want to express, get across. Uh, There were two mountain towns that had an abundance of water. One town was a little larger than the other. Uh, the larger town had a river that would flow through it. and In the midst of this town uh, was a, a small lake. And the water would flow from the river into the lake and then it would flow out of the lake and on down the mountain. Now that well or that, that lake uh, became the source of water, that river the source of water for this town. But there was a year of drought. And during that year of drought, the river began to dry up and that river went from a flowing stream to just a trickle of water and gradually that supply of water in that town, that lake, began to dwindle down. The drought began to dry up that lake and the usage of that town began to dry up that lake and it it got to the point in that town they had to ration the water. There was not enough water to supply for that town during the time of drought. Now, in the other mountain town, there was a spring in the midst of that town. And during the time of drought, that spring never abated. That spring continued on in its original strength. It was a constant supply. It never faded. It never failed. It never went away. Uh, That spring filled a lake in that town and then that spring would flow on down the mountain and everywhere the water from that spring would travel, uh, it would bring life and trees and vegetation and animals would gather and, and the town was well supplied. In fact, there was far more water in that town than that particular town needed. It was a constant source, a constant supply of springing water. Now, that's kind of an illustration of what happens. And though we possess the Spirit of God, if we grieve the Spirit or we quench the Spirit, we become like that town where the water is a trickle. The Spirit never leaves us, never forsakes us, never goes away. But there's not the supply that would minister life to those around us. We become dry, barren in our Christian life. We don't have the power of God upon our life. We don't have the joy of the Lord that God wants us to have. It's not that the Lord left us. He's there. But we're not experiencing the fullness of His Spirit as He would design for us. Now the other, the spring, is a picture of what God wants. He wants to be a constant source, a constant supply in your life and he wants to spring up constantly with his power and everywhere you would go because of the presence of his spirit that that spirit would get all all over everybody around you and that spirit would impact the lives of others because of God's presence and God's power springing up within you that spirit of God springing up within you will help you in your home to have the joy of the Lord in your home. It will help you at your workplace to be an impact. It will help you to be a blessing wherever you go. And that's what God wants. He wants to bless you in such a way that you and your life will be a blessing unto others. But so often we feel like that first mountain town and we feel like that supply has dried up and it's not a constant overflowing well as God has intended Now what I want to do here over tonight and the next couple of weeks is kind of relate to us how that well can spring up in a constant source, a constant supply in our life as God has intended for it to do. Now turn your Bible forward to the Gospel of John chapter 10 for just a moment and let me just give you a thought here, John chapter 10 in a verse that I would encourage you to memorize. In John chapter 10, verse number 10 It reads, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the old devil. And the old devil, he's out to take your joy and and the power of God from your Christian life. And he wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy all about you. Uh, The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come. And I want you to notice this, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now notice this, I am come that they might have life. That's salvation. Uh, The moment we receive Christ as Savior, we receive the Spirit of God. Now there's a a lot of false teaching today concerning the Spirit of God. And a a lot of people have related this to an an emotional type thing. And and let me just express that your salvation is not built around emotions. Your salvation must be built around the word of God. Your feelings will come and your feelings will go. And one day you're going to feel saved and one day you're going to feel lost. And if your salvation is based upon emotions, that's not an anchor for salvation. But the word of God never changes and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God comes into your heart and into your life and he will never leave you nor forsake you as he promises. And your salvation needs to be anchored firmly, not in emotion, but firmly grounded upon the principles of God's word. Now let me show you what happens when you get saved. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse number 16. John 14, verse number 16. Uh, Here the Lord gives this promise. He says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, he says. I will come to you. This is the promise. When you receive the Lord, the Spirit of God comes to dwell and live within you. Now go forward to the book of Romans, chapter number 8. Romans, chapter 8. And uh, we'll look at at a few of these promises. Romans, chapter 8, verse number 15. Romans, chapter 8, verse 15. And this speaks, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and so your salvation is anchored firmly in the Word of God and when you're saved you receive the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God then bears witness with your spirit that you're God's child. First Corinthians go forward 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19 First Corinthians 6 verse number 19. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, you are not your own, you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And simply again, your body becomes the temple of God's spirit the moment you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Go forward to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13. We read, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, that word earnest is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Uh, Again, you receive God's spirit, it's salvation, the conditions for receiving that spirit are are repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we, we possess God's Spirit from salvation. And many possess the Spirit of God, but they do not possess the abundant Christian life. And we need that Spirit to spring up a well. And we need the Lord to do so. We need that abundant life. The, the well of God's Spirit has been grieved quenched and dried up. Now John chapter 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That they might have life, that's salvation. But not just salvation. God wants you to know the abundant, spirit-filled, powerful, fruit-bearing Christian life. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, the artesian well of God's Spirit produces an abundant love. You think about Peter. Peter, after failing miserably, denying the Lord three times, went out and wept bitterly. He gained the Lord's forgiveness. Uh, Peter, the Lord, says afterwards, lovest thou me more than these? Peter responded, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Three times, Peter, lovest thou me? Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And the Lord was instilling through the forgiveness that he granted to Peter that fullness of the Spirit, the abundant love that only God could give. Now, that abundant love for Christ sent Peter preaching the gospel. And the abundant love for Jesus Christ was the cause of Peter on the day of Pentecost, having received the forgiveness of the Lord, preaching with power, and 3,000 are saved. It was the abundant love of Jesus Christ that made Peter a martyr for the gospel. And history tells us that Peter was crucified upside down because of an abundant love. Uh, That abundant love the Lord speaks of is illustrated by Stephen in Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 7 where Stephen would boldly preach and knowing that death would come and Peter or Stephen would be stoned and he would look up into heaven and his face would shine as the face of an angel and then he would look out over those that were throwing and casting stones upon him and he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That was an abundant love. It was abundant love that sent David Brainerd all over the northeastern part of the United States, burden for the Native American people. And time after time, stories told of David Brainerd falling in the snow, crying out to God, sweating, and snow for two feet around him melted as he cried out for the salvation of souls. And it was the abundant love of Jesus that would bring David Brainerd into town after town and village after village to preach the gospel and literally because of the power of God upon his life and that abundant love of the Lord Jesus flowing through him would cause the people to cry out in guilt and then be turned to Jesus and find grace in salvation. It was the abundant love of Jesus that sent John Patton to a cannibal island And he would maroon himself with no escape upon that island, having friends tell him, John, they're going to eat you. And he says, if they eat me, I'm going to give them the love of Jesus. And he preached powerfully the abundant love of Jesus and witnessed as the entire almost island of Aniwa came to Christ. Abundant love. That's the abundant life that springs up. Uh, Abundant joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength and God wants His joy to fill your life. It's the abundant joy that Paul from the prison house could write the letter to the Philippians and in that letter to the Philippians would tell of rejoicing the Lord always. And again I say rejoice from prison. That's the abundant outflow. Of God's spirit. Uh, abundant peace. John, Turn to John 16, 33. John 16, 33. Abundant peace. And in John 16, in the context of the gift of God's spirit, Jesus said to his disciples, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And in that context, he's speaking of the gift of God's spirit. And uh, Lord knows in our day in the turmoil and the war and the world today and all of the difficulties we're having right in our nation, aren't you glad that you possess the spirit of God? And in the midst of all the turmoil, that abundant peace can flow through your life. My wife's favorite verse, Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Philippians 4, verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, We could go on, abundant lone suffering and abundant gentleness and abundant uh, the fruit of the Spirit, and God will produce that, the abundant life, not just salvation, but abundant fruit bearing life think about this abundant power I've given the illustration of the vacuum cleaner Uh, the deaf man was vacuuming the church and he was going up and down the aisles and somebody came in and he was not plugged into the source of power He, he was making and going through the motions and this is what happens to many in the Christian life just existing just going through the motions but not plugged in to the source of power and we have an abundant supply of power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth, an abundant source of power. I was reading the testimony of, of Dr. Don Green. He uh, pastored had the privilege of meeting him at Brother David Porter's funeral in Michigan. He pastored many years in, in uh in Michigan, and been a faithful pastor. And he told the testimony, he said, I've been preaching and pastoring for several years. But he said, I felt so empty. He said, I was just going through the motions. And he said, I witnessed, and I had, I had men that were older preachers, and I looked up to them, and I saw the power of God upon their life. And, and I wondered, what is the difference? What is it that I'm missing? He said, I know I'm saved, and I, I know I possess the Spirit of God. I know He lives within me but I don't know the power of God. I don't have that power of God. And God began to challenge his heart that he had life, but he needed that life more abundantly. So when we speak here tonight, I want to just kind of conclude, and we're going to build upon this. I don't want to just be saved. I want the abundant Christian life. I want to know the fullness of God's spirit. I don't want to just exist as a church and just to exist as a Christian. I want the power and the touch of God upon my life. I want Valley Bible Baptist to be a church where there are spirit-filled Christians. We know the fullness of God's spirit. That we receive God's spirit, it's salvation. That spirit's never taken away. But the fullness of God's spirit has to do with yielding to him, being sensitive to him, allowing him to control us, being obedient to his promptings, being sensitive and tender towards his conviction of sin in our life. As with the children of Israel, in their wilderness journeys, God had a well of springing water to meet their need. And God has given to us an ample supply It's not just the presence of His Spirit, but it's the fullness of His Spirit. And in our wilderness journey, we, like the children of Israel, can cry out and sing, spring up, oh well, sing ye unto it. And that's my desire in my own Christian life. That's springing, living water that flows like that mountain spring in that village that Uh, supplies the need of that village and flows down that mountain and life wherever it goes and trees and vegetation and grass and animals because of the life-giving supply of water. And that's what I want my life to be. That's what I want my family to be. That's what I want Valley Bible Baptist Church to be, that this could be a well of springing water that will impact the lives of others. All about us So I want to encourage you these next weeks, we're going to look at how to know that abundant, springy well of living water. Let's bow our heads tonight. And-